Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert, Joe Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. Andrea, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? Today we bring you our very first episode of the EuroLeague Talk. It will be a special episode. It will be coming out every week for you guys. We will be on this episode going over the standings of the EuroLeague and just doing a quick recap of what's going on with which of the teams and why they are ranking where they are ranking so far in the, this edition of the, the EuroLeague. We will have the takes from Diogo today about each of these teams. We will have, in some of these special episodes, rankings of uh, the best players of the competition. Sometimes we'll have our poor rankings of the competition. Some interviews in the in the middle as well. So make sure to stay with us as we grow the European Hubs podcast. It has been a pleasure to do it. Our the, the amount of people tuning in for it has surpassed all of our initial expectations. So it has been a pleasure to do it. And we are thankful to each one of you listening to the, the podcast. So let's get to it and let's go from bottom to top in uh, this edition of the early. Let's look into the standings and see how these teams are performing and why. At the bottom, we have a two-team tie. And I must say, I'm not surprised that these two teams are at the bottom of the standings. As well, don't have the consistency and uh, they struggle to perform on to perform to the level of their top talent and they just don't have the depth while Alba is an inconsistent team that can get a win in any given night but their youth brings the inconsistency. It's a team that I expect to see them grow throughout the years especially if they're able to keep some of these uh, core young players together. Duke, in your opinion, these two teams, which one has been more disappointing, less disappointing, what has been the strengths of each of these teams What is the balance you make of their season so far? Well, I think out of these two, uh, I would say Aswell has been a bit more disappointing just because I think they have more talent. Uh, but it, it's not a, a surprise for me that both of these teams are, are at the bottom. I mean, obviously, Alba is a young team. Uh, they play nice basketball. I, I like to watch them play, but they just don't have enough talent or consistency to, to, to battle with the top teams. So it's normal that they are at the bottom of the standings. Uh, as well, though, uh, I do think they have talent to compete with some of the, of the other teams. But like you said, they, they haven't shown the consistency. And especially defensively, they haven't been good. So it's not a shock. It's not shocking to me that they're at the bottom as well. Uh, I could see both these teams winning uh, any given game because they have that type of ability offensively. But they just haven't shown the ability to be consistent and to produce at that level on a consistent basis. So this is not shocking. It certainly isn't shocking. But uh, these two teams that are tied for 15th place maybe are a small uh, surprise that they are performing at this level and they are Milano and Red Star. They currently have four wins and nine losses and uh, they are struggling to be in the play-in and in the playoff mix. I personally expected this Milano team after they being able to sign um, Mirotic to be a team that would be fighting to be on the, the playoff picture. The roster construction was always the big question mark, how they would make it all fit and it all work together. They had a surplus of depth in the front court and they were lacking on the back court. That has been one of the problems. But not only they have struggled to, to find themselves and to play 
at the level of their top talent and the level of the, their most talented players. Red Star, on the other hand, was a team that has a, had any huge turnover from last season. We, or I had them ranked to be on the fight for the plane, but they had been extremely, extremely inconsistent and they really have been struggled to find themselves. What does it need to change for each of these two teams that are tied for the, the 15th place? For Milano, they, they need to get healthy. Uh, okay, I'm going to correct this. They need to get Miritich healthy and they need to find another guard who, who can contribute for them because it, it has been pretty bad. Uh, they are too dependent on Miritich and Shields. Uh, Modolo can step up at times, but he hasn't been consistent either. So they definitely need some help on their regard. And for Red Star, it, it's like you said, when you previewed the season, like before the season started, you said they, they would need to be very consistent defensively and they haven't been able to do that, especially on the road. They, they still haven't won a game on the road. So they need to be better defensively. They need to be more consistent all around because four and nine for a team with this level of talent is just not enough. And it, it's going to be too late eventually for them to be in the play-in fight. So they better start figuring it out quick because they, otherwise it's really going to be too late and there's nothing they're going to be able to do about it. Next, in 14th place, we have Jalgiris. They are the lone team in 14th place with five wins and eight losses. And for me, uh, the curiosity about the, their performance so far is their 2-3 home record. They usually are one of the best home teams in the EuroLeague, but they are not being able to impose themselves at home uh, the way that they usually do. What have been the reasons for that and what is this team lacking to be able to be competitive as they usually try to be? To be honest, I just think they're lacking talent. I mean, I think they are well coached. Uh, I think they obviously have a, a great fan base, even though they haven't been playing as well at home this season. But they've, have, they've had some tough games at home as well, like Monaco the, the last week. Um, but I just think they lack talent. And I think Sumner will eventually help, but I, I think he, he, he needs some time. To, to really get used to the, the team, to the European basketball. It's going to take some time, which is normal. Uh, but I just think they should have addressed this situation a lot earlier because it was clear from the start that they needed it, losing Brzezdekis. And, and then they just took too long to, to replace it. And then they also lost um, Mitrolong, uh, which was a, a big loss too, even though he wasn't producing at the level I expected. But still, he, he was an important guy there. So it's just a talent, man, because... We know they, they have the energy, they have the, the home court, they, they have the coach, uh, they have the, the playmaker in Keenan Evans, they have role players like Roland Smiths and Ulanovich. Like, they have a lot. They, they just need that top-tier talent to help them get over the, the hump when it comes to those matchups against better teams. And they just haven't been able to do that. So I really think it's just a, a matter of talent. Depth of talent is, is crucial. And that is clearly what has been lacking for the Salyus teams. We have been pointing out since the beginning that while we know how feisty this team can be and they can be competitive because, like you said, they are well coached. They, they play a good brand of basketball within the roster that they have. They are able to find their advantages. Sometimes they simply don't have enough to compete against some of the top teams. And that's what places them in 14 to start the, this edition of the EuroLeague. Now we have a three-team tie for 11th place. Paratinaikos, Fenerbahce and Bayern, they are all tied with six wins and seven losses. So let's break them down individually. Bayern in 13th place, I think this is just as we expected for them. They have some they they are they don't have the consistency that they need to be in the playoff fight even if at times they seem to have the talent and the the roster and the players 
to be uh, playing at uh, that level. Which balance do you make of the Bayern Munich season so far? I agree with you. I mean, they've had some injuries that have been hurtful for them, of course. Uh, but they've shown the ability that they can compete. And if they were a bit more consistent, but they still have a lot of young guys. So it's normal. We knew this was a project. Uh, I think they're going to be very good in, in the years to come. But we know this inconsistency is going to show this first season. So uh, I think it's normal for them. They, they've shown the ability to, to compete in big games. They've shown the ability to win close games. Uh, Serge Ibaka has been a, a very pleasant surprise because uh, I didn't know if physically he was going to be able to perform like this, but he's been incredible for them. So I, I just think it's a matter of finding that consistency throughout the season with those younger guys having their game grow game by game. So I, I think this is a, a fair uh, spot for them uh, as far as what we expect. Ibaka's ability to still play at a high level is certainly, for me, one of the highlights of the season so far. It has been a pleasure to watch and he really adds a layer to this Bayern team. And when their younger players are able to, to perform a more consistent level, they are able to compete with literally any team on uh, this edition of the EuroLeague. Even if they are not favorite against the top teams, they have the ability and the inbuilt talent to, to be competitive in any matchup. Next, we have Fenerbahce and Fenerbahce is one of the best home teams in the competition. They are 5-0 at home, but they are 1-7 on the road and... It's just hard to know what to expect to the, from them from game to game, isn't it? For the team that they have, uh, not only as far as the, the depth in the roster, uh, but for the experience that they have too, it's not like the team is young. They, they have a lot of veterans. They have a lot of experienced guys. So I wouldn't expect this type of inconsistency from them, uh, especially on the defensive end. Uh, with a coach like Etudis, I would expect them to be a good defensive team consistently, but they've struggled a lot uh, at times. Uh, I definitely expected them to be better, and at home they are showing that, but to be 1-7 on the road is just terrible, and they need to get it fixed because in order to win in the EuroLeague, you need those road games because it's going to add up and it can cost you a playoff spot. So I think they should have learned that from last year because they made it in as the 8th spot, as the 8th seed, and I, I thought they would be much better this season, and I know you do too. So it's kind of a bad place for them to be at. So hopefully they can get better as the season goes on and they, they definitely need to improve. Certainly that uh, missing role, uh, losing role now to, to injury didn't help because they really need that uh, point guard, that elite playmaker. But that doesn't excuse the one and seven on the road. They have a roster that is way more talented than that. They have a coach that has the ability to find solutions for that. And I expect to see Fenerbahce growing and playing at a much higher level. Uh, now let's go to the team that leads this group of three teams that are just at the door of the playing tournament before we start looking to the top 10 teams and the teams that are uh, that are part of the, the playing math at, at this moment. A note, Milano from the bottom teams is a, a team with a plus minus of plus 14, just uh, shows how good they can be when the, they are playing at a higher level and uh, how bad they have been when the, they are struggling. Paratinaikos is another team that has a plus-minus of plus 31 so far. And I think that that's part of the story of their season so far. They started very bad, very playing very poorly. They looked as one of the best teams of the EuroLeague. And now they are dropping down again. What is missing for them to be consistent? I just think it's guys performing. Like I wouldn't expect Slukas to, to be taking so long to, to really start performing. I, I thought Vildoza would be better. Uh, Grant has been kind of up and down. They just haven't been able to all perform at a high level 
at the same time. Like they, they've had a lot of up and downs uh, within the season so far. And again, I know we say this a lot about it, uh, about a lot of teams, but it's the consistency. And the teams need to to show that they are consistent. And in a competition that's so close as the Euroleague is, you you have to show up uh, every week and perform because a loss can be very costful and especially when there are so many teams fighting for these playoff spots, you just have to perform at a better level. And these guys are very experienced and they have an experienced coach too who has been in Final Fours, who has won Final Fours. So I, I definitely didn't think they should be struggling as much. But I do think out of these three teams, Panathinaikos is the team with the, the, the biggest upside, in my opinion. So I think eventually they will figure it out, but they should have done that a long time ago already. It, uh, they need to really find themselves in a consistent basis and just be able to play up to the level of the talent that they have. Otherwise, we know how complicated the math can get in the early. But I also expect them to figure it out and to, to start climbing. They Not long ago, they were in fourth place in the standings and they were looking very, very good. But then the performance started to lack once again and they just need to, to not allow that to happen. Now let's look into the top 10 and the teams that uh, if the season, the regular season was to win now, would be on the play-in and the playoff. We have five teams tied uh, to sixth place with seven wins and six losses. At 10th place at the moment, we have Efes, a team that has been playing better at home. They have a 5-1 and one record and 2-5 and five on the road. Efes and the listeners that uh, follow us know how we wanted them to embrace a playing style that will just make the most and make the game easier for their best players. And they seem to have done it, didn't they, do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it seemed to have happened when the injuries started coming. So <laughs> I hope that when they are healthy, they keep this up. Um, but obviously, it has, it has worked for them. So I don't see no reason why they should change it again. Uh, I hope they keep this up because, I, I, like you said, it, it's the way that maximizes their chances to win games. So uh, there's no reason for them to change it again. Next, in ninth place, we have Maccabi, also with a seven wins and six losses record. Maccabi team, they, despite uh, all the adversities that they have been facing so far in this edition of the EuroLeague, they are a team that were playing uh, at a quite uh, high level and they were performing uh, very well. But uh, they now, in their last uh, five games, they lost three games, but they lost against uh, some of the top teams. They lost against Barcelona, Real Madrid yeah. and Virtus. That uh, needs to be considered also a top team because they are playing as such. And because of that, they dropped slightly in the standings. But I believe that this is a team that has been looking like a team that uh, has um, a legit claim to, to be a playoff team. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, they're going to have, they're going to start having some games now where it's not against the top teams. And uh, I expect them to, to win most of those. Uh, I think they are one of the best teams in the competition. We know how much I'm a fan of that backcourt. So I think Maccabi will be just fine. Obviously, they went through a lot of adversity to start the season, but they still have a, a positive record. So I expect them to to keep playing at a high level and to start getting some more wins now. Next, we have Valencia. Valencia looked as one of the most surprising teams to start the season. And we just spoke about the strength of schedule for Maccabi on their previous uh, five rounds. But Valencia also started the season with a strong strength of schedule 
So they are not in eighth place because they haven't been playing with tough competition. Most of the EuroLeague competition is tough, but uh, Valencia certainly have been having some tough opponents. And uh, this eighth place is very well deserved. And it comes with uh, a defensive identity that was a big change from the way that the team played on the last season. Do you think this is sustainable? And how do you think that they can start adding and finding more firepower to be able to to be more competitive against top teams? Yeah, it's not easy. I think in the last game, they, they did something good, which is to, to shoot more trees. And, because I think they have guys who can hit the three at a consistent level. And they haven't been doing that uh, from the start. But uh, I think it's a, a good formula for them to, to try to compete with the better teams. Uh, we know they're going to be good defensively. But it's just the offensive end that's a bit lackluster. I mean, when they have to compete against teams like, say, Real Madrid or Barcelona or Virtus, Monaco, like those teams can really score at a high level. So it, even though they are good defensively, it could be tough to, to play good enough defense to, to keep them at such a low scoring rate that they will be able to win. So I definitely think they need to improve offensively because otherwise it's going to be tough to compete against the, the top team. Let's continue to climb in the standings in this group of five teams that are tied for sixth place. And let's look at Olympiacos. And I think this is what we expected from this roster of Olympiacos as it was constructed. Very high floor, a team that would be at the bottom of the playoff or in the playing mix, a team that we expect to be on that fight and a team that was uh, one offensive piece away to, to be able to, to be a top team in the EuroLeague as they were last season. I don't think that changed, and I think they have been proving that point as the season has been going. Do, would you agree? Yeah, uh, I believe the, it's the same team, basically. I mean, they added Bruce Dakis, but they didn't really use him much. So I don't know why, but uh, I guess it's their decision. Uh, I mean... I definitely think they could be better than this, but I totally understand with the fact that they don't have that go-to guy and that natural score on the wing to, to really put them over the top in, in games against better teams. But we know the defensive consistency is going to be there. It's just a matter of offensively. Do they have enough to, to compete with the top teams? And I guess the answer is no. So this may be their range uh, in the standings, like fifth, sixth, seventh, something like this. Uh, but it's going to be hard to, to be looking at something more because uh, they just don't have enough offense. At the top of this uh, five-way tie, we have uh, Partizan. Partizan is a team that uh, we both expected to be one of the top teams of this season of the early. And I still think that they are. They just injuries, um, new additions, a lot of moving pieces. And they have been uh, world beaters at home. They have a 6-1 and one record, but they have been struggling on the road with a 1-5 and five record. We have spoken many times how uh, elite playmaker, elite point guard, a pure point guard could elevate this team. I still think that even without adding that piece with the roster that they have, they are a legit Final Four contender and a team that will be in the decisions and can fight to, to win this edition of the EuroLeague. Do you think that they can do it even without, without adding that piece? I do. Uh, I think they have enough talent all around and especially in that front court and then with a guard like Kevin Potter. I think they have enough to compete in those heights. Uh, I believe out of this group uh, of the five teams tied seven and six, I think they are clearly the better team. And I expect them to, to start climbing up the standings, like I said before. I think right now with everybody healthy, they're going to start winning some games and really put it all together. So uh, I definitely think Partizan is a contender. And I think from now until the end of the season, they're going to show us that and they're going to prove it. 
Next, we have um, two team tie, and um, one of them is a team that we both rank them in second place. And for me, that hasn't changed. Mike James has shown that he is the the best player in the Euroleague. I think that's uh, that's fair to say. And uh, Monaco has a very deep team that, uh, for me, is uh, is in the f- the mix at least to be a top two team in this edition of the Euroleague. And they are tied with a team that has been, uh, for me, one of the big surprises of the, the Euro League, that is Basconia. Both of these teams are tied for fourth place with a record of eight wins and five losses. Let's start with Monaco. Uh, what is the difference between them, that are ranked in fifth place, and Barcelona, for example, that is ranked in second place? What has been lacking to Monaco to, to be able to be the top two team that we expect them to be? Jordan Lloyd has missed a lot of games, uh, a lot, I mean, like four or five games. Uh, and I think that's been important for them because they they struggle a lot when they don't have him. Uh, and I think that's a, a big reason here for Monaco to be in the fourth place. Uh, but I do think Barcelona is more consistent uh, on both sides of the floor and especially shooting the ball. And I think that's a question for Monaco uh, where I thought they could be better, but they just haven't shown the ability to be an elite three-point shooting team. Uh, and I think those are the reasons that Barcelona is ahead of them. Um I would say probably Monaco has more talent, in my opinion, uh, just because of having Mike James and and the rest of the guys. You know how much I love guard play. So uh, that's why I think Monaco has an advantage. But Barcelona has the consistency, and they, they never fail on both sides of the floor. So that's why Barcelona is ahead right now. But I do think Monaco has a higher ceiling. Uh, I, I think Barcelona has a higher floor. But as far as ceiling and upside, uh, I would say Monaco. Diogo, our listeners want to know, though, do you still think that Jordan Lloyd is the most important player for this Monaco team? <laughs> With the way Mike James has been playing this year, <laughs> that could be... Uh, that became uh, a close fight. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I have to go with Mike based on this season. But to ju- just, guys, don't underestimate how important Jordan Lloyd is for this team. Because even though Mike is clearly the best player, and for this season, I, I have to give it to Mike because he's earned it. Uh, Jordan Lloyd is very, very important. And I think it shows every time they play without him, uh, I think it shows how much he, he values it. I couldn't agree anymore with you about that because you just mentioned how his absences have been so detrimental for the way that this Monaco team... And wh- Mike James is the player that elevates their selling. Mike James is the reason why they they can be seen as a top two team in this edition of the EuroLeague. And Mike James probably is the reason why they can fight for a EuroLeague title. But... Jordan, he clearly is like the glue piece, the, the piece that can balance this team and just makes everybody around him better while he himself is able to be an elite player. And I do agree with you. Mike James is the best player of Monaco team. Mike James is our MVP of this uh, early stages of the early, but uh, Jordan Lloyd is very, very important. Let's look into Basconia in fourth place. For me, this is an absolute surprise. I didn't saw the this roster being able to be on fourth place at this stage of the EuroLeague. And the coach change really was the difference maker. We have spoken how the price of consistency was the key for this team. But we have seen also Howard starting to be a more offensive, a more consistent offensive player. We say that when he plays at his best, they are able to, to compete and try to beat any team. But for me, it's that balance. Finding those offensive solutions while having the defensive consistency. That's why Basconi is in this, for me, surprising fourth place. What's, what's your opinion, your takes? on this campaign that Basconi has been having so far? Yeah, definitely a surprise uh, based on what we expected from them earlier in the season. Uh, but the fact is they, they play good basketball. They have the main scorer in Marcus Howard. Uh, 
And then they have a bunch of guys who play their roles, who who do their job. They do the, all the little things that they need to be successful. Uh, you guys know how much I, I'm a fan of what Serekerskis has been doing this season. Uh, Moneke, as far as what he did last year with Monaco, to come into Basconia and to perform at the level he's performing, I, I think that's truly impressive. They just have a bunch of different guys contributing every single game. They, they've been able to find some consistency defensively uh, with coach Ivanovic. So I think they've been justifying this position in the standings and they've been playing at a very high level. So credit to them for figuring it out and for playing at this level because it's honestly impressive. I like to be surprised the way that Basconi is playing for sure. It's a very pleasant surprise that I am enjoying. And our team that I'm enjoying and let's get to the top three to final to end this, uh, this EuroLeague talk. And let's talk about Real Madrid, the team that leads the, the competition with 12 and 1. Barcelona, it's in second place with 10 and 3. And Virtus, that is also a huge surprise. But it was a huge surprise before the season. Now I don't think it's a surprise anymore. It's about game plan, the way that they play, the intensity that they play, the ability to just put players in the position of succeeding. succeeding. And Coach Banky has been elite at that. And he did it once again with his Virtus team. Pogo is playing as one of the, the best players in the EuroLeague. His playmaking is key for the way that this team play. Their shooting, their, their ball sharing, their movement is really essential for, for this third place. Do you think it's sustainable? I mean, it, it has been so far. Uh, I don't see why, why it should stop now. Uh, I mean, they've played against all the other three teams in the top four. So I don't see why it should stop. I mean... They, they clearly found a formula that works for them. Uh, Coach Banky, obviously, we saw what he did with Latvia during the summer. Um, so to come in here and to do the same for Virtus, I mean, he's a miracle worker, like people were talking about in the summer. Uh, they just play a, a great brand of basketball. They move the ball. They shoot at a high level. And then they have their MVP in, in Toko Shingele. So it's been working so far, and I believe it's going to keep working until the end of the season. Absolutely. Virtus have been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, more than a surprise, they just show that they have that ability, that talent. They are using players in positions for them to succeed, and that's many times the case. Let's look into the two top teams of this edition of the EuroLeague so far in these standings, and let's go to Barcelona. You already mentioned that uh, their ability to, to be more consistent, to play both sides of the court is, is very important. They have a plus-minus of plus 81, and they clearly have been the second-best team of the EuroLeague behind only Real Madrid. In terms of ceiling, would you say that Barcelona has a higher ceiling or a lower ceiling of a team like Monaco, like Partizan? How do you think that these teams would match up in a high-stake competition in a Final Four, for example? Well, in a one-game setting, uh, Barcelona, it's the EuroLeague. It's always tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so tough because they can, like, okay, if Barcelona and Monaco faced, faced each other in a semifinal, uh, I think Monaco is a better team. But it's so likely that Barcelona can win that game because they, they have the experience, they have shooters, they have the ball movement, they play defense at a good level, they are good on the boards, like, they have everything. Like, it's not like, when I say Monaco is better, it's not like Barcelona is not good or is not at that level. Like all these teams are true contenders. It's just about preference, I guess, for me. Um, but Barcelona is clearly playing at a top level uh, in the Euroleague. They are very good on both sides of the floor. They shoot the ball probably 
better than 80 90 percent of the Euroleague so they have every chance like for now uh, I think the only team we can actually say has been definitely better than Barcelona is Real Madrid so this means that they are a contender for sure and they will be in the decisions when it comes to the end of the season Barcelona has been one of the elite teams they are just playing very good basketball they are just a very consistent team and let's go to the more consistent team of all an absolute powerhouse Real Madrid has been not, nothing short of incredible we said it in the off season when they added Campazzo it was a perfect piece for this uh, great team the depth of talent is immense they just have one loss and it was uh, as close of a game as it could be Real Madrid needs to be seen as the favorites. They are the best team of the EuroLeague so far. And we know that uh, in a competition like the EuroLeague, nothing is a given. Uh, they can absolutely not win the, this edition of the EuroLeague. But it will be extremely hard for another team to beat them, won't it? Yeah, they, they are just so good, man. Like the depth, the, the top-tier talent, the, the consistency, the, the shooting ability, the rim protection, like every aspect of the basketball game where you look at, they have it, and they have it at a high level. So it's going to be very hard for somebody to beat them. Obviously, in a playoff series, it's almost impossible. Uh, in a one-game setting, there is a chance for some of these teams, but it's going to be so hard. Like This team is just too good. Like I said before, one of the best EuroLeague teams I've ever seen. So they have it all. Like If they don't win, I would be disappointed. Like, they should win. They, they have everything in their advantage to win. Yeah, absolutely. And if the EuroLeague was decided with playoffs, it would be extremely hard to see how a team would manage to beat them in a playoff series, as you just mentioned. This takes us to the end of this first EuroLeague Talk episode. Stay tuned, as now we bring you five episodes a week during the weekdays. So subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of those episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Ito's EuroLeague. And as always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.